the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. So we are doing the show live, and we have an audience, a new experience for me. And last night was wonderful. Thank you all very much for coming out. Last night was wonderful. We got to meet so many fans of the show. It was a fantastic event, except for the Juan Williams part. And I like Juan as a, as a human being, but it, it proves a point. When someone is willing to tolerate the corruption and incompetence of the Democrat mafia, they have no objective definition of failure. You, we are dealing with people who have no success in any policy they've presented to the people. It is all a money laundering scheme. And to watch last night, as Dan the Merciless does what Dan the Merciless does, which is intellectually undress you, beat you senseless, then bring you outside and bang your face off the curb, which is what he did to Juan Williams. But to see the reality that who we're negotiating against in this form of policy, which is riddled in failure so much so the country has been bankrupted. We are bankrupt. And the argument now is if they're going to allow this scam of money printing to continue. But to listen to the so-called intellectual section of the Democrat Party, represented last night by Juan Williams, lets you know how dire our situation is. There is no definition of failure. We have in our policy, simple. If it doesn't pay for itself, it's failure. If it continues to bankrupt and not br bring any tranquility to, to the society, it's a failure. The Democrat mafia has none, which is why all of their leaders are morons. Morons. Complete and utter morons. So I have the representation today. And I was talking to a couple fans who are here. By the way, thank you all so much for coming. I'm very flattered and humbled. But above all, this is a wonderful venue. Donley Auctions, I love this place. Not to mention I'm driving one of those cars home when I leave here. But to um, realize who we're dealing with, when you see this cast of cartoon characters, these representatives, from AOC to Kamala Harris, we're lucky it's not worse. Because these are people who have no understanding of what, Success or failure is. That's the problem. That's the one thing to take away from Dan Proft and, and uh, uh, the Democrat intellect last night. Is there is no definition of failure in their, in their world. So I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present. And what? to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past but the future. Even Willie Brown is confused. He doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. 
virtually useless with her clothes on. Moment in time is when you are making policies, when we are failing at every stretch of the definition of the word failure. Foreign policy, economic, and what exactly is happening here in America? What exactly is the big push by our government? Central to Joe Biden's re-election campaign is his claim to be transforming the U.S. economy, uh, bringing new life to old manufacturing areas in that famous rust belt of America. The U.S. government is pouring hundreds of billions of dollars of public money into the green industries of the future, including electric vehicles, microchips, renewable energy, partly to counteract China's dominance of these markets. Our economics editor, Faisal Islam, reports now from Kentucky. Kentucky, In the fields of West Kentucky, the farms are giving way to a different type of green harvest. The spades are in the ground. The excavators are shifting tons of soil. The United States of America is digging for victory in the green high-tech industries of the future, and they are in a hurry. Literally, we're shovel-ready to go with our project. Remember that phrase? Everybody remember Shovel Ready? That was when Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie. Obama just wasted nearly a trillion dollars. It just goes by the wayside. So here we are again, repeating the same failures. But there's another little problem that seems to be afoot here. The banking crisis in the United States of America is far from over. A month after... Oh yeah, I get my news when it comes to our financial failures from Europe. Because the American morons, they've been telling us... I can reassure the members of the committee that our banking system is sound. and that. Since Manhan said that, we've now lost four banks. Well, here's another one on the horizon. The collapse of Silicon Valley and Signature Bank, another one, First Republic Bank, seems to be in trouble. The bank's shares sank over 20% on Monday. The drop in confidence came after the bank said its deposits plunged by over $100 billion in the first three months of 20... Nothing. That's nothing, because we've thrown $30 billion more. Of course, they pretend it's J.P. Morgan, but it's with your money that J.P. Morgan is being quite magnanimous. And the whole time that's going on, the greatest sell signal in all stock investing history, Jim Cramer, has a tip for you. However, there's one big difference between now and 2008. This time there is no systemic contagion. Now, I know that seems hard to believe, but there isn't. It's a miserable moment. It's, it's like opposite world. When the Democrat morons like Juan Williams and Jim Cramer and Manhans yelling talk believe the exact opposite is going to happen. And that leads us to exactly what is happening. The economy is a major issue in the presidential race. And this morning, new concerns from the financial world. First Republic, a well-known regional bank, saw its stock drop nearly 50% yesterday after announcing a recent one. So 30% on Monday. 50% yesterday. Soft math. You don't even have to be a Democrat to come up with 80%. That's not good. Not good. But Jim Cramer, don't worry. Everything's fine. For First Republic, once a bank beloved by the rich and famous. But it's an all-clear event for everyone else. Rich and famous. Did your wife do her banking there? Because she's the one who's rich. You're the one who's semi-famous, although I'd call it infamous, because you've been selling propaganda and lies that have led to the destruction of our economy. And the whole time, these idiots continue to put trillions. We're, we're way past talking about billions now. We're talking trillions in green energy scams that don't work. And did I tell you, the Chevy Volt, they're not going to make that. Why? Because it sucks, like all the rest of the electric cars. Um, when, uh, when we received the support from the U.S. government, it really is like the gold rush. This is, uh, you know, it, it's so big. 
This work started here at the Ascend Elements facility for electric vehicle battery parts the day after $500 million of government money was granted from their infrastructure plans and the new inflation. You talk about this money. The entire conservative movement, as it's called, goes back to debt of $80 billion. At that time, when this country had character and principles, the men and women of character were outraged that they would allow a credit card debt, debt in general, to go to $80 billion. These aren't even spending policies are more than $80 billion. You're talking trillions upon trillions of dollars. And you know who's catching on? You wouldn't believe it. The most ironic of places, the places where we are now following their policies. Europe. This is a European parliamentary executive who is outraged. Using hysterical, spoiled people like Greta Thunberg. Clearly, we are dealing with a belief system and cult rather than a scientifically based organization. Carbon dioxide is a gas that currently represents... 0.041% of the whole atmosphere. Despite this small percent, for decades now, campaigns are run to make people believe that man-made CO2 is the cause. You notice how that's catching on now? We're talking about one-half of one-tenth of one percent. Our entire economy has been backdoor nationalized by dimwits. Dimwits who lie for a living for an infinitesimal amount of CO2 that is not a pollutant in the first place. And we are allowing this buffoon who can't spit out anything to change our economy forever. I also affirmed our shared commitment. We together shared our firm shared commitment to stand with the people of Ukraine. Yeah, well, again, with the people of Ukraine. And uh, what exactly is our shared commitment? Well, it turns out... And... Uh, you know, the idea that uh, I have absolute authority as commander-in-chief and the sole authority to use a nuclear weapon, but, you know, what the declaration means is that we're going to make every effort to consult with our allies when it's appropriate, if any action is so called for. So the idiot now, as we speak, is putting 17 nuclear subs in South Korea. And this buffoon, the one who can't figure out why his socks are wet and lies to us about the economy, he's got his finger on the button? And you think this is a normal election? There's a lot of consequences that happened as we allowed this buffoon to steal the most important office in the world. And those on the inside, they're about to get paid. Reduction Act. Buyers of cars will also get subsidies only if they're made in America. The lithium, the cobalt and the nickel that are in... The result is that these powders, the most expensive EV battery inputs, almost entirely made in China up until now, will, thanks to recycling old batteries, be made in America. And the US has leapfrogged Europe, second only to China in this market. But I've got the clip, the Europeans, they don't want to do it anymore. Uh, what about that? Are we going to ignore that? Because of the climate change. The solution proposed to fight climate change are higher taxes and more state control, as well as less rights and options for the people. The declared objective is to change our behavior to higher taxes and prices while fighting climate change is just a pretext to do it. People deserve it. It's to put the nail in the coffin of your servitude. You know, as I drove out to Union, it's a different world. It's a different world when you go west of 53. And you realize you people are the victims for the Democrat mafia corruption. Your property taxes, all of your expenses, everything you pay in energy is to fund the crime syndicate that's going to let Mike Madigan walk and rise drastic costs onto you. And he gets away with being a, a mafia don in the sewer of corruption. And you think we're going to get along with these people? 
Well, if you were paying attention last night, they do not have a definition of failure. They do not have a a definition of financial fraud. They're in on it. It's in their best interest to continue down the road that other countries are turning away from. Less than the total transformation of the U.S. economy with thousands of projects like this funded by trillions of dollars of public money in order to. That's not good. That's not good. That's what's at stake here. So when you talk about building a wall, it's not going to get built between you and Mexico. You people here should be focusing on building a wall on 53 to make sure the Democrat scourge don't come west and destroy this beautiful place in Union, Illinois. Donley Auctions, where we're broadcasting live. I'll be back with your calls. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The Answer. AM560. The Answer. Brandon Tatum, tonight at 7, right before Jay Sekulow at 9 on AM560. The Answer. Now let's go to some of the intellects on what is supposedly called the other side of the aisle. I believe them to be saboteurs and traitors to our principles. And they obviously hate the people who stand for them. You know, us. Thank you. Um, For a long time, Republicans spent so much time saying they were going to address the economic anxiety family. In what society would anybody with the record of marrying her brother be taken seriously on any level? This pig married her brother. Are you freaking kidding me? And now you're a Congress birthing person? But you're going to tell us who the bad people are. I'll tell you what, honey, no matter what my beliefs are, I'm not marrying my sister, you sick. These were feeling, but overnight they dreamt up a dangerous economic bill that will blunch families into economic depression. Is blunch a word? I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not Dan Proft. I don't have letters behind my name. But I don't know blunch was a word. But here's the other thing, in case you're not paying attention, dimwit. The reason we are, what they say is $32 trillion, which is really 270 when you factor in unfunded liabilities, but we don't want to get too far ahead of this dummy. These policies are your policies we're following, the ones you never talk about. You know, such great success stories as Obamacare which destroyed our health care in America. 50% less doctors, 50% less hospitals. We're now used to paying 400% increases on your premiums. Ask Randy Donnelly what he pays for insurance. Ask him. Ask him what it was like before Baraki likes big butts and he cannot lie, destroyed our health care system. See, these are the policies that bankrupt our nation. But Ileana Omar, so loathsome she married her brother. She's going to lecture me. Republicans say they want to grow the economy, but their bill will destroy 8,000 jobs in my district alone and 7 million across this country. What that means is 7 million people are pretending to have jobs that are funded by the government. And it's really 22. They're pretending to have an industry. There is no green energy industry. It doesn't exist. It's paid for out of government. There is no demand for it. It will add to the debt. It will continue to bankrupt us. And we will not default. The only thing that will happen is our payments will go up higher and higher and higher. Because these Democrats, like all Democrats, they only make the minimum payments, the bust-outs. They have no idea about paying off the debt. And they have no intention on doing it. Patrick, Round Lake. Hey, Sean, how are you, my friend? Good, brother. How are you? 
Hey, yeah, long time no talk. You know, I had a chance to meet you about two years ago at your cigar shop. I wish you were up here a little bit more so I could hang out. I'm first not first living here. You. Thank you, though. You will not intimidate I me into know. living into this sewer. I like walking around in flip-flops with no underwear. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't blame you. I wanted to tell you the first things first. I quit drinking seven months ago. What a great oh. thing. I think anybody who's thinking about it should definitely do it. 22 Number years. Two, yeah, go ahead. Number two, uh, Kramer. I mean, what a joke. You know, I'm on Reddit with investing and things of that nature. Um, I got to tell you, they, they're even developing an, an inverse ETF fund. Yes. Anything that he recommends, they're putting into a fund that <laughs> just against it. I mean, Do they call it mode, fade the moron or fade the liar? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And I know you have a lot of market knowledge. I wish one day you would talk about the dark pools and all the corruption that's actually happening to the American people, the retail out there because it's unbelievable we have nowhere to park our money except that casino and it's just a travesty patrick i had a conversation i have a conversation with a buyer of mine he wants to pull a trigger on a property in florida and i stand to make a good chunk of money on it you know what my advice is don't Mm. don't buy it because this banking situation is catastrophic commercial debt the 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 delinquencies in payments on commercial debt nobody is talking about these urban ghettos have 40 50 percent vacancy rates they have property that is selling for 10 cents on the dollar because they need morons to go in there and buy it just to pay the taxes because the taxes isn't based on the value of the property it's based on the cost of corruption in the democrat sewers and people are starting to get wise kid and when this thing starts to wiggle, forget dominoes. It'll be like throwing Pritzker down a hole. It's going to go fast and hard, and he's going to make it even bigger. Thank you very much, Patrick. I appreciate the call. Brian Gurney. Hey, Sean. Good to, good to talk to you. Hey, I got uh, some ideas. Uh, first of all, the U.N. Uh, called for a one-world government. Well, to get that going, well, they had to get the pandemic going. Then they had to come up with, um, oh, well, pandemic, and then they had to come up with the school system, which is, so I say treat anybody being stupid. There's a, a, a grade that um, the school system itself is is a joke. Um, they want everybody to be stupid so they can be a controller. Everybody. Then they Brian, have this, do you, um, uh, do you know why? Do you know why Democrats pretend to represent the one world government? Because what they've been able to do while we were busy working. Well, we were waving flags. Well, we thought we had a had a, rep, a republic that was represented by so called Republicans. So for the since Ronald Reagan. The two Bushes and all the other morons. They have implanted and backdoor nationalized a one world government. The only difference is we were the ones that were pretending to be in charge. That's why we only go to war when countries refuse to use our dollar. That's why we invest with dictators in Africa, in South America. We're the bad guys. That's the hard thing for us to realize. Not the citizens, because we were busy building the country. But the whores who have been pretending to represent us. The mafia is the problem in this world. That's why they don't talk of peace. When's the last time you heard a politician call for diplomacy and peace? Have you heard one? Not a one. Oh. Because they're in the business of war. That's our problem. And Thank it, you very much. And Brian. And I appreciate it. Oh, I hung up on Brian. That's all right. He forgives me. In the meantime, this is what we need to focus on. They've got us talking about all of this Tucker Carlson and who gets fired. Look, at these are... Congresswomen. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. But you're in charge of the money. Hey, dummy. I know you got your, your credentials are making Manhattans and whatnot and prancing around in shorts. You're the one who's in Congress. What are you doing for peace? 
You're the Democrat Party. Oh, you're not doing anything. In fact, you're funding Ukrainian corrupt oligarchs and Nazis with our money because you don't want the American people to know this is all a house of lies. And that's what you don't want people to know. You want to distract them because if they took a look at all of our foreign policy, all of our failures, all of our war built up, they would take their eye maybe on what you're doing and your cohorts of corruption in Washington, D.C. And then they would start to focus on the cost of it. Not just the cost of their property taxes, but the cost of all of their taxes. And then we'd start to realize you have to take 50%. You really need to take 70% of their money just to pay the interest like the bust-out Democrat you are. That's why you never talk about paying down our debt. They don't want it down. They want it double. And we're on track to do it in the shortest period of time. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die. On the Sean Thompson Show at AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. I'm afraid of America. Hey, McBeth, let me know right away when they announce that Mike Madigan's going to be let go like he did nothing wrong. As I was talking to somebody here at Donley Auctions, one of the customers who came out to see us, telling me he's paying 2000 a month in property taxes. See, that's the cost of corruption. Because that house isn't worth the 2000 What service does he get? Granted, he has no kids. But what service does he get for 2000 a month? In the meantime, Comad gets caught bribing that little tiny short-in-the-pants gangster. They get caught, and they get fined. Who gets the money? Well, the government gets the money. Oh, you got $5 off your... $5? They just were okay to increase their rates 20%, 30%. See, that's why when they say crime doesn't pay, they're wrong. Crime does pay. It's called the United States government and the Chicago Democrat Mafia. Uh, Michael, on the south side. Sean, uh, thank you so much for taking my call. And, thank you for um, making it. Glad that you had a good, I'm glad you had a good time uh, in Rolling Meadows last night. Good for you. I, I had to keep leaving the uh, room because the stupidity pouring out of Juan Williams' mouth was outrageous. Let me give you a little inside what I mean. The first 20 minutes, he talked about how moral it is to allow women, I guess, to kill their babies. Well, it's moral. All right. So I left the room. When I came back, he was talking about how moral it was to take the Second Amendment away from honest people so we stop hurting the kids. So I just want to know, what do you think, Michael, hurts more kids? Smith & Wesson or Planned Parenthood? Oh, Planned Parenthood by yeah. far. Come on. Uh, they're only about $7 million a year. Uh, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, I, I, he makes Fox, Fox News on Sunday morning unwatchable. He, Listen, when NPR uh, says you're too stupid to, to work here and Fox hires you, that's when you should sell Fox stock. <laughs> the hell is this? I mean, really? Go ahead. Very good. So, yeah. it, so this is a little bit uh, off the wall, but here goes. Is it just me or do uh, Juan Williams and Larry Elder uh, resemble each other? Not at all. I've met both. Totally different. And uh, Elder, who I really like, Larry, he's just got this aura of honesty and integrity. He can't help it. He's just a good guy. And when he meets you, he wants to meet you. Juan Williams has that aura of a Democrat where they're nice, but I wouldn't trust them with my second year uh, uh, bank statement. I wouldn't trust them in any form. He's a politician. And that politician gives off that vibe. Like, they don't, they've never told the truth in their life. And that's the, 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 the aura I got from Juan Williams. So, listen, I met him. He's an affable person. 
but he's definitely a Democrat. Got it? I understand. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Elder, on the other hand, how about it, Eric, when you meet Elder? Is he the nicest guy in the world? I mean, the nicest guy in the world. I know he's running for president. I wish him the best of luck. But I don't know if you can get to the presidency with that kind of aura. I really don't. Never lied that I can see. Never cheated anybody. He's not looking to get ahead because he wants to steal. He's not cut out for politics. George in Naperville. Oh, son, I know you're at the auction house. I'm wondering if there's any Biden family collectibles like Joe's solid gold diaper pins or Hunter paintings. or There might or be some or, handcuffs. Or I think there's handcuffs, right, Randy? Randy, you got handcuffs in the back? Yeah, good. Hopefully when they lock them up, it'll be with antique ones because, you know, you don't want to hurt those frail old wrists. Where is he? We haven't heard from the dimwit in a while. What else we got to hear from this guy? Think about it this way. My grandpa, who I never met, he died in the same hospital I was born in two weeks before I was born. You know, his grandfather died more than two years before he was born. Nowhere near the hospital he was born in. But the good thing about being a Democrat, those kind of facts, they don't matter. He had a grandfather that died, and ta-da, we're going to give him control of the country and the nuclear warheads. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? A lot better than if my name was Biden. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. I got a couple of things. The first thing is, is how much do you think uh, the shutdown of the government's going to hurt the hardworking people uh, any more than they're already hurting? Because the government already, is already ruining the country, the Democrats. And now, the, now he's running again saying that he's going to finish the job. There is no so such thing. There is no such thing as a shutdown of the government. None. It is a lie. No, By their definition, the government shuts government, down every weekend, every holiday. See, it's in, right. it's in the law that the debt and the interest is paid first and automatically. It's in the law that Social Security and all of the so-called safety net, it is paid immediately. The only thing that would stop is the pet projects. That's why I played that clip of the money going to Kentucky. In the clip, he says it's like the gold rush. What does he mean? He means there's so much money, you just show up and you strike it. But the difference is the gold that he's referring to is government spending. That is outrageous. That is outrageous that we're putting a trillion dollars into eco-Nazism frauds. The same time Europe is distancing themselves from it because it's bankrupted them and it doesn't work. Where do the holes in the wall, where does it get the magic juice from? There's no green energy. It's all a fraud. And by the way, you know what state, ironically enough, has the largest green energy present? Do you know? Texas. Texas. And do you know what the biggest problem is? You know the storms that just blew through? They blew down all the windmills that aren't paid for. The government isn't going to bat an eye. They're going to put up all new ones, and you're going to pay for it, and none of it works. It's totally subsidized. So if they don't control the spending, what's the difference if we just shut down the government? Isn't isn't this the time that we should uh, fight for that, fight for uh, controlling the spending in this country? We, we were supposed to be able to control it. We have the Congress, but Congress has, has seceded its power to this dimwit in diapers. So we don't really have the Congress. The greatest thing in the world for the ordinary, honest, working American is if this government shuts down. The greatest thing in the world is if we hit the debt ceiling and these idiots get to stay at home. Thank you very much, Rich. Where's that Texas clip? I got that Texas clip somewhere. Don't I, honey bunny? Did I not send it to you? I could have swore I did. In the mean. Uh, The small town of Sweetwater, Texas, is known for two things. Its annual rattlesnake roundup 
and having four of the 11 largest wind farms in the world. In fact, if Texas were its own country, it would be number four in the world for wind energy production. This is the center of the wind energy industry in the United States. We have this wind corridor. comes off of this Chihuahua Desert from the south. comes right up. I tell you, I'd like to hang around with this guy. Texas right through here, right on up to Canada. He makes me feel smart, yet he knows something I don't know. I love this. It's like some sort of uh, duopoly. Every one of these little asterisks is a wind turbine. No way. All these? So all those, and you have 1,365 just in Owen County. It truly looks like Johnny Appleseed came through and threw wind tower seeds all over the place, and they just sprouted up. Do you know why the state with the largest American oil production companies and energy also has windmills? Because they're diversified. Same big oil owns all of it. And they make more money on this because this is a fraud. It doesn't deliver anything. It's a financial scam. The government subsidizes it. The windmills do not break even for 21 years. They have a life expectancy of 20 years. You're subsidizing all of this. And in the meantime, what is it going to produce? Alternative energy, green energy. It's good for everybody, right? All right. General Motors shares closing lower after earnings topped expectations for the first quarter. But the company also announced it is killing the Chevy Bolt. Yahoo Finance's Pros Romanian here with the details and Pros. Is it Bolt or Volt? I thought it was Volt. me uh, because this was a... Oh, what do you expect? This is, I think, NBC. It's Volt, you dummy. And they're killing it. Why? It's never made a dollar. Well, GM doesn't make a dollar. It's a pass-through to UAW. Why would they kill it? Essentially, the only EV that GM was selling. It was easily the reason they passed Ford into the number two spot. And yet the media just kind of ho-hum. What was your reaction? And why'd they do it? Yeah, you know, Dave, I think I... You want to get off the debt ceiling? Have the government stop subsidizing all this nonsense. That'll take a trillion a year off. This government under the guise of COVID and green energy, spends 8 to $9 trillion a year. It's never taken more money from us. But what it understands is the money it takes from us doesn't matter because it's coming back after money they spent. It is the definition of economic failure and fraud. There's not a politician in the government that can explain that to you or wants to admit it. 312-642-5600. <laughs> I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. The lovely honey bunny just ordered me around like I work for her. So let's listen to her because you don't want to see her mad. Frankie Wrigleyville. Sean, man, I love your show, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Really, it's very flattering. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I used to sell clean energy, Sean, and it's just nothing but a giant scam. And, and, and I can explain this as I think that anyone can understand it. So, so when you've got the electric game grid and you've got uh, energy coming from your uh, wind turbines and energy coming from your nuclear plants and and energy coming from your fossil fuels, all that goes through the same electrical cable wire that goes directly to your house. There's no such thing as clean energy going directly to someone's house. It's all a giant scam. 
Frankie, I love this because it's true, and nobody wants to talk about that and the fact that they're spending literally trillions of dollars. It used to be billions, then it was hundreds of billions. You're talking trillions. And their cars, where they charge them, these new stations they're putting up, they're all broken. None of them work. The people have to sit there for 40 minutes, 50 minutes to get 70% charged. Then you could drive a fraction of what you could. What is your time worth? This is the problem. You're believing the liars among us, and it's, it's a tragedy. Frankie, stay strong, and you call back. I love it, especially when we talk about this topic. And then when we talk about anything that has to do with the dimwit and diapers, remember the kind of liar he is. Lies about his kids, lies about his wife, lies about his grandpappy. An anecdote that is sure to pull on the heartstrings, but Sandra, it's a story that does not appear to have the added benefit of actually being true. Biden's grandfather that he was talking about there died September 1941 in Baltimore. President Biden was born November 20th, 1942 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Ah, different state, let alone hospital, you lying rat bastard. Kevin, Las Vegas. Hey, Sean, what's happening, buddy? Not much. Thanks for calling, bud. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, uh, how's, it, how's it going out there? Uh, Rolling Meadows was nice yesterday. How's, it, how's Union? Beautiful? Oh, it's beautiful. And the people are wonderful. I'm, I'm still impressed and grateful they all came out to see us. So go ahead, because I like your point here about the bolt. Give it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just, I know I've called before. I always kind of you know, get a little uh, EV knowledge, uh, drop it on yeah. you. But it is, it is the Chevy Bolt with a B as in boy. Um, yeah. That was the one that GM had to recall every single one to replace the battery. Because, oh. And they were telling people, they were telling them, don't I charge know. it above 50% until you get it replaced. Don't put it yeah. in your garage. That was, that was yeah. the house burner down. Kevin, I'm sorry, brother. We're against the clock. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. We are live from Donley Auctions, 8512 South Union Road in Union, Illinois, a remote broadcast. Don't just come out to listen to this show. Come out because this is a fascinating place. In fact, my next guest would like this place because, like Donley Auctions, my next guest has accomplished virtually everything. I mean, this is a true renaissance, man. I am more than impressed. He uh, is an accomplished amateur and full member of the Mountain Rescue Aspen. He participated in numerous hiking, mountaineering, avalanche, and helicopter missions. He also is a lawyer who practiced law and argued at the Supreme Court. Besides being an aerospace engineer for Boeing, worked as a rouseabout on an oil field, and then he became a reporter and worked as a columnist for the Aspen Times, where he was a little bit not Marxist enough for them, and he was dismissed. He has a new book now called High Attitude, the liberal takeover of Aspirin. His name is Glenn Beaton. Aspen, did I say Aspirin? I, probably because I have a headache. His name is Glenn Beaton. Glenn, thank you for joining me. How are you? Good. How are you, Sean? Are you like 142 years old? <laughs> how, how in the hell did you do all this? You know, I, it's a little embarrassing, all the jobs I've had. You know, I just can't hold down a job. Can't hold down good a for career. you. I, a little bit of everything. <laughs> I was 53 before I got my first one, and you're in the middle of it. 
Uh, I, I, I never liked working for a boss because I never wanted to be fired. But seriously, so you go on and you practice law and you argue before the Supreme Court. And then you say, eh, eh, it's not good enough. I think I'm going to uh, go into aerospace engineering. Are you kidding me? Well, actually, actually, aerospace engineering came first. I was an engineering oh. undergrad. Now that makes sense. Engineering degree. And then right yeah. after that, I, I moved up to Seattle and didn't know anybody within a thousand miles, but took a job from Boeing. I did that for a couple of years and got a little bit bored with it and then went to law school. So then it was a, kind of a long career in law where I retired, uh, I guess, about 12 years ago and started writing, uh, which is always kind of the thing I enjoyed most about practicing law. And, you know, I don't like dealing with clients, but I like going to court. But uh, the yes. writing was the thing that I enjoyed most. So that's what I wound up doing. And now that's kind of what I do semi-full-time. And you know what's fun about getting older? I'm experiencing this myself. How much more wise you get and how your perspective is rooted in actual failures and accomplishments versus ignorance and arrogance. So it virtually is impossible to become a successful person and then start voting Democrat. So this leads us to our next problem. You start writing about your experiences, your successes, and your failures, and what you see in principles of the law is the shield versus the spear. And I'm assuming your take wasn't uh, received too well in what is often referred to as liberal, but is really more of a collectivist, supremacist, government supremacist view of Marxism. So what happened in Aspen, which is the most beautiful place on earth that has been destroyed by the ideology of morons? Well, see, it was, it was received well, and then again, it wasn't received well. The readers liked it. I became the most popular columnist in the history of the newspaper, which goes back 140 years. I was getting more clicks than front page news. Sometimes I'd get picked up by some of the national sites in Pundit or Real Clear Politics or whatever, and I would be getting tens of thousands of clicks. The paper itself altogether only gets about 5,000 clicks. So, yeah, I was out clicking front page news. So in a way, I was just tremendous success, but that really bugged the editors and the elite and the establishment up in Aspen who are just hard left. Yeah, not just medium left, but hard left. They're uh, left might be too kind. They're uh, somewhere between socialists. They're communists. Marxists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, the whole system is structured that way with their subsidized housing system and you know the abolition of merit. You, you know, it's all the usual stuff. But you see it in spades in Aspen because it's such a small pond. So yes. anyway, they fired me. Um, I mean, I'm spending a ton of money for them. <laughs> they fired me by email on Christmas Eve, and they said uh, my values don't comport with theirs. Wow. And uh, you didn't have to get a lawyer. You were one. Did you think about suing, or are there no grounds? Uh, I thought about suing, but uh, I don't think I would have had good grounds to sue. You know, people can fire people for having political disagreements, especially when your job is to write about politics. So. And, and you took the you right know, I have a little bit it. of a lazy, I have a, I have a kind of a lazy care attitude about this. You know, I kind of think the boss is in charge, and if they didn't want yeah. to work there, fine. I wouldn't work there. But it worked out great for me because I took my keyboard and I got a website, and it just went went wild. So this is the I part have, I love: uh, yeah. is that you can't, you didn't yeah. stop doing what you love to do. You now do it for yourself, or you can never fire yourself. You can give yourself a stiff talking to. However. You do it now for the AspenBeat.com. And from what I understand, kid, you're very successful at this. I'm thinking, what do you, it says millions of views. 
millions of readers. Um, word, my my uh, website is called theaspenbeat.com. Oh, oh the. It, uh, according to WordPress, I'm closing in on a million readers now. So, yeah, Love it's it. really taken off. I also have a page on Substack, you know, in case people like Substack better. And both of them are doing very well. So your book now, you write the book. High Attitude. And it's really an interesting place. I've had the, the blessing of, of, of going to Colorado, and I truly, truly loved it. It was scenic. It was like being in a movie. I mean, the air is wonderful. But to give you a little uh, synopsis of what happened to me, I made the mistake of lighting a cigar next to a scallywag who was smoking a joint. But because I had two small kids with me, I wanted to cover the smell of, of, of the, the devil's weed. So I lit the cigar, and a policeman came, and I thought to myself, finally... Arrest this drug addict, low-life Democrat. And I got a ticket. I said, what the hell is going on in Colorado? That's when I realized who's running the show there. Well, that's not at all unusual. Uh, drugs are a huge problem, uh, joking aside and asking. I think it's part of the reason for the downfall of the place, the deterioration of the culture there. But they're everywhere. And pot, you know, is really everywhere, everywhere. You get on the gondola. I don't know if you ski, but, you know, a ski gondola is a pretty small space. It's the size of a, uh, a small, small walking closet. And people light up in this small, closed space. Really? It's astonishing to me what I saw there. And, it, you know, the shame of it is it's just so gorgeous. It's, it's really kind of orientated where you should bring kids to give them that taste of what nature and the beauty in it. And all you see... We're scum. I just saw scumbags. So I would get my kids in the car and we'd go out of the way. And it was wonderful to still do that. But this is when they were small. They're not small anymore. And this is when pot had first been legalized. And instantly I saw that pop up. And that draws in a certain scallywag that will destroy any place, even a place like Aspen, where I believe the median home uh, cost is about $1.8 to $2.6 million, correct? I would say it's much higher than that. I haven't seen recent figures, but uh, is typical in-town housing is around three to six thousand dollars a square foot. So that. <laughs> That's fantastic. So really, you're talking about six million median home values. It, it's interesting because I know there's so many places in Colorado that have that high cost of living. But Aspen has another problem. It attracts the true frauds among us: the actors, the producers. And the Californians, right? Oh, yeah. Bernie Madoff, of course, was big in uh, Aspen. Uh, Jack Nicholson. I shouldn't badmouth Jack Nicholson. He's fine. I see him on the street once in a while. He's an okay guy. Um, Charlie Sheen, though, you know, he's had his stuff here. Uh, he's been arrested for beating up his wife or attacking her with a knife or something or another. The right. Kennedys uh, come out here and die every so often. One of them died on D-Mountain. Nice. Um, Michael Kennedy. Well, normally they just drive other people off of bridges and stuff. It's nice to see they have a place they can go and say goodbye to what they've already destroyed. Um, what do you think in your, in your book, what is the solution? See, what I like about your perspective is that you've lived long enough, you've achieved long enough to know it's either ha it has a chance of turning around or it's time to go to Wyoming and start Yellowstone Part 2. What are you leaning towards? 
Well, let me say that I, my ears perked up when you were talking about the benefits of getting old. Um, and there are benefits. You do get better judgment. You get wisdom as you get old. You don't think quite as well. Uh, I don't play chess as well as I used to, but I think I have a lot better judgment. I can see things that are going on um, other than, you know, queen to uh, rook's knight four, where I'll get lost these days. But I think the way to improve Aspen is the way to improve all of America. You know, Aspen is a canary in the coal mine here. The problem with Aspen is a reflection. It's the tip of the iceberg of what's going on in America. Uh, The first thing is the abolition of merit. You know, we don't grade people by how well they do anymore. What they do, no. what they do. In fact, it's getting impermissible to do that. That's said to be racist, or classist, or whatever. Colleges we actually now, penalize them uh, for how well they do. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get penalized for it. It's like, oh, we, you must be a product of white privilege or something. So the colleges are throwing out the objective testing, like the SAT test, because the wrong people do badly on it. And the wrong, well, the other wrong people. Glenn, this show's in Chicago. We pay $30,000 a year for these students. 20% can read. 100% can steal your car. So we understand the problem. But what I'm more curious in is when you step back and you, 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 um, you look and you called it the canary in the coal mine. Did, didn't you think that maybe California was that canary in the coal mine? And this problem is just following anywhere people of this ideology actually take up residence? It seems to be a problem yeah, I, that is in every Democrat I, 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 Yeah, I, I do think that's true. Uh, you know, you have your own uh, constituency of that in Chicago, too. Uh, I suppose in Denver there's that as well. But in Aspen, you really have concentration of it. It's basically two groups in Aspen, in Aspen proper, as opposed to, you know, 20 miles out in the suburbs or wherever. In Aspen yeah. proper, there's the billionaires who have now driven out the millionaires. And these are rich Wall Street types, very rich uh, celebrity types and so on. Yeah. And then you have the people in taxpayer-subsidized housing who are kind of ordinary Joes, although not exactly. The income cutoff for taxpayer-subsidized housing in Aspen is $300,000 income and a $1 million net assets. But still, they're not billionaires. (laughs) So you have these two groups, and it's interesting and amusing, I guess, as popcorn, to watch them go at one another. The uh, ordinary Joes in subsidized housing, you know, it's not just subsidized a little, it's subsidized a lot. They're in $3 million slope-side places that they paid $250,000 for. It's unbelievable. But that's not enough for them. They're mad at the billionaires because they're not in... Uh, $8 million places that they paid $100,000 for. So there's this huge class struggle. And as I say, past popcorn, because it's the left, the poor left, or the ordinary Joe left, Joe Sixpack left, versus the billionaire left. So as an aerospace engineer, what, did, what was your opinion of policy in that field? What is your, how do you view our foreign policy that you were on the other side of it. How do you view the industry that um, Boeing really makes its money in? How, what do you think of after working in that industry? I'm curious to know your take on foreign policy of America and where we are in the year 2023 as we're at the precipice of World War III. We are hot spots all around the world. We don't talk about thousands of soldiers. I'm curious to know, did you have like an Oliver Stone moment or what was your experience in, like during that? 
Well, Boeing was still a fantastic company when I was there. This was 40 years ago, okay? I spent most of my time working on the 727, which has been retired for some years now. It was, a, it was an engineer company. It was built by engineers. Management was engineers right up through the ranks. The president was the guy who came up through the engineering ranks, and that was typical. In fact, it was almost always the case. But then something happened to them. They got kind of taken over by the whole financial crowd and the Wall Street crowd. And their people in charge became not engineers. To this day, now, they uh, typically are not engineers, and they did not come up through the ranks at Boeing. So I think that's a little bit sad, and I think it's caused the company culture to suffer somewhat. The other thing I'll say about Boeing is, um, you know, Boeing's big competitor, even back when I was there, was Eurobus. Mm-hmm. And Eurobus has gotten huge subsidies over the years. Boeing, I suppose, gets a share of subsidies, too, and a certain amount of it they get uh, through gravy in the defense contracting for military uh, yes. airplanes. But they get uh, Eurobus has just been directly subsidized by the Europeans for many, many years. So the table has always been a little bit tilted against Boeing. It's a little bit surprising they're still doing reasonably well. But I'll wind up that with one thing that circles back to what I was saying before. I see in Boeing now also an abolition of merit. It's like, uh, you know, in the engineering ranks, two plus two doesn't equal four anymore. It all depends on skin color and sex preference. Really? So then we're going to get to a point where two plus two is only four among heterosexuals? (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll see how... uh, We'll see how Mother Nature views that uh, for the claims uh, in the Be- air. Before I let you go, a lawyer practicing before the Supreme Court, so my understanding just from that alone is that you love the concept of law as the shield of the individual versus the spear of the collective. When you think back at where we used to be when you were a lawyer practicing, when you worked at Boeing, when you were working as a uh, aroused about in an oil field, and you see how things have changed. Are you shocked that we are so unmoored from the principles of law and that it has so easily become the spear of the fascist? Yes, I am. I keep uh, getting wake-up calls over the last several years, um, and I see it because I make predictions that turn out wrong. I didn't think Hillary Clinton was going to skate on the 30,000 deleted emails after they'd been subpoenaed by Congress. I didn't think that Hunter Biden was going to escape, and it increasingly looks like he is going to, and even more likely his father's going to escape. In my opinion, uh, I shouldn't say my opinion, what I surmise is that at the very least, those two have committed tax fraud because they took money from foreign governments and never declared it on their tax return. People go to jail for 10 or 12 years doing that. And I yeah. Not in Chicago. In Chicago, they open up restaurants. In the meantime, I love the, I, I love the articles. I love the, the AspenBeat.com. I haven't read the new book, High Attitude, The Liberal Takeover Aspen, but I will. And in the meantime, I'm going to have you back on because your expertise and what you've achieved, you are a true renaissance man, uh, Glenn Beat. Uh, thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Fine. It's thank- great to be here, Sean. My pleasure. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Thank you very much, Glenn. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. 
So we are live right now from Donley Auctions, and we are in Union, Illinois, 8512 South Union Road. And I have the pleasure of meeting Randy face-to-face with his brother and being here. I've never been here. And it is just beyond impressive. So you and your brother have been doing this for how many years? Oh, well, we've probably been at it about 40 years. We've been, uh, you know, we've had the Wild West Town for 50 years, and then we've been auctioning all over the city of Chicago, of all places, uh, for years and years. We used to do big public buildings and Medina Temple, you know, big facilities and everything. But we came home and really started in this facility uh, in 20, probably 12. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I saw the gun from the Wild West. Now, that's a fascinating piece. It, it is, isn't it? Um, you know, we, uh, well, first, you know, the theme changes here every, every month. What you see here right now, of course, pinball machines, slot machines, jukeboxes, all, all kinds of uh, man cave stuff. But next month in, in May, it's all going to be changed here. Everything will be out of this room, and you'll see guns and military. And you have the Eldorado out front. You did that just to entice me, the 1974 <laughs> Eldorado. The I promised Eldorado. my wife I wouldn't go home with a car, but I love that thing. And you even have newer cars. We, you have we, boats. It's amazing. Sure. We, we, you know, we'll, we'll sell, uh, sell anything that's collectible. But, yeah. you know, we're always looking for the high-dollar ticket. L- like, like that pistol that you saw, I mean, that, that gun actually was at the Northfield, Minnesota raid. Uh, very, very famous. And the sheriff... The sheriff shot one of the outlaws with that very pistol. That gun should fetch at least $30,000. Really? I think John's walking around somewhere. John, will you cut him a check? I want to go home with the gun. <laughs> In the meantime, you have even uniforms um, from all military conflicts. I mean, it's just it's beyond impressive. So when you say this is gone, where's it going to go? What do you have, like a, another airplane hangar somewhere? Because this is what it reminds me of. <laughs> no, we, we do have more buildings. This, the building we're in right now is only 9,000 feet, and we probably only. have uh, 50,000 feet of, of space here at Donnelly Auctions. Sure. I mean, I am just beyond impressed. And the items, are everything in here is collectible. That's what's amazing. I mean, I don't care what room I walk in. I'm impressed with something. How many pianos do you have back there? Uh, I think the, in this particular auction, there's uh, eight Nickelodeons. They all came out of one estate. And, and you know, so many, all, almost all of this stuff comes from our listeners. And thanks to you, I'm on the radio, you know, with our own radio show, uh, because we started advertising on your show because thank you for what you do. No, Correct, I, audience? I, I mean, Sean, uh, we, we can never thank you enough, honestly, for carrying the word. Well, I know John's walking around. Hopefully he's in the bathroom. I do it for free. I love it. I'm never going to stop. But uh, it, to me, it, I, I just love it. And it, I, the idea that my radio show can help you not only stay in business but succeed and thrive because you're delivering a service where people don't know how to sell the things in their house. You know, I had, my father passed away a year ago. And I'm going through his house. I wouldn't know what to do with all that stuff. But I know I call you. You could come and I could take pictures. You could show me what it is. And you do that for people. And people are sitting on on things. The the story of the license plates is my favorite. It really is. Because here's a widow. She probably had no idea what those license plates were. Well, that's correct. I mean, we... uh uh, we have this happen all the time. Th- this particular widow that sold the license plate collection, she had been offered $2,000 $2, for her license plate collection. And um, uh, somebody else said, no, you know, talk to Donnelly Auctions and see what happens. And, of course, we know, you know, we've set a world record for on one, one license plate. plate alone, over $30,000 on one plate. That's fantastic. And you wouldn't know if you didn't call Donnelly Auctions. Yeah. This is great. And I like the idea that we're succeeding at it. So listen, if you're listening to this show, give Randy a call because you may be sitting on a $10,000 or $30,000 license plate. And, and if you're a buyer, 
I mean, this couldn't be a better time to buy. I mean, we've got a great auction this weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, three days coming up right now this weekend. And uh, prices right now in the antiques world uh, are are somewhat depressed. I mean, economy is, sure. is tanking and well, so on. So, like everything uh, else with this idiot in charge, it goes down. <laughs> That's what they say. But uh, but come on out if you're a buyer. Uh, yeah. We've got some great items, as you see here, Sean, yeah. and we'll be selling all weekend. Now, do you have a license plate with a valid sticker on it? Because mine expired two years ago. i got to drive that son of a gun home. So if you've got one that will get me home without getting a ticket, and if you're a cop listening, don't pull me over. I'll be smoking a cigar on the way home. Thank you. It was worth the trip. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for this. I really appreciate it. We'll be back with all your calls. AM560, the answer. I hope you join me, Mike Gallagher, tomorrow morning at 9, right after Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy, here on AM560, the answer. If this place was closer, I'd be here a lot more. I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. And there's something about going west of 53. Shocking. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Craig, what are you? Are you wrestling with your? I hope, please, don't tell me you're you're making out with her. What are you doing with the wife there? No, no, no. She's uh, basically she's kicking back, uh, watching some TV, and everything relaxing and everything. And uh, right. well, leave her alone, will you? Leave her alone. Go ahead. I will do that. Yeah, well, she wants me to leave her alone anyway. So that's <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Now earlier. Earlier today, you were right on this uh, topic with this, with all these problems going on with the economy and everything. And I'm going to tell you something. This, uh, I hear more and more about how um, the, uh, these countries that basically we've been the reserve currency and all these countries, they're losing all their respect and confidence in our dollars. So it's going to, in this regime, the regime that, uh, is basically doing nothing to give any other message. They're, they're basically causing the other countries everything to take and have no faith in our dollar and i think it's totally purposeful because what they want to do is they want to crash this dollar and everything and have people and then say oh we're going to make things all better with the digital currency and, and then bring that digital currency when, the same way they bushwhacked us with the shots that they, when you hear uh, an american politician but specifically a president say things aren't bad the rest of the world is worse than we are That's when you lose your principle of what America is. That's not the bar. Hey, it's not as bad as Venezuela. We're slightly better than Cuba. I don't give a rip about that. We are the country that stands for principles and individualism and the citizen being in control of the government. All of those other places, all of them, are exactly the opposite. The government is in control of the people. And that's exactly the position we are in today. Because if we allow this dimwit to forever change the trajectory and the principles of our economy, where we are operating in this European quasi-government spends and we pretend it's good, well, the nail's already done. We've been conquered from within. All of these other countries that want to stop using our dollar, they have all the reason in the world to, but they recognize if we're going to be the country that the government leads the people and controls the people, well, they know who our politicians are. They're all whores. None of them achieved anything in their life. Where is the politician that achieved something in his life aside from winning the loin lottery like Pritzker, where his grandpappy made money? He never did a thing in his life and still can't do a push-up. You know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean, Sean. That's why they don't have any uh, respect for us anymore. Uh, who would? Do We don't have respect for them. This is something you have to understand. You think this is a party argument? You know how many people who pretend to be Democrats have no respect for Democrats? How could anybody respect these Democrats? How could anybody not see what they are? 
Why can't I hit the clips there, Macbeth? Maybe so I hit the. Yeah. You said questions about your age are legitimate, and your response is always just watch me. Watch me. But the country is. God, is he a creep? I mean, if we let's say we don't know that he showers with his daughter, that his son is banging the sister-in-law. Let's say we don't know about the failures of this moron family. Does he just sound like a creep to you? You said questions about your age are legitimate. And your response is always, just watch me. Watch me. But the country is watching. And recent polling shows that 70% of Americans, including a majority of Democrats, believe you shouldn't run again. What do you say to them? With regard to age, uh, I can't even say, I guess how old I am. I can't even say the number. It doesn't, it doesn't register with me. The only thing- I'm not related to you. This isn't some uncle. Oh, he doesn't feel his age. You're supposed to be the president. You're a laughing stock around the world. We are losing credibility and money. We are losing men in foreign policies. Do you think he knows how many soldiers we have in Africa right now that are fighting? Think he has an idea in the Middle East? After all, they're putting lipstick on the pig that is the Taliban that we're financing. But they're the good guys. They killed an ISIS guy. Oh, is he worse? Or is he the same? Don't they both beat and stone their women if they learn how to read? Yet here we are funding them to the hilt. Not to mention our own problems we have here with people who are pretending to be qualified. You know, Jennifer Granholm, what did she ever succeed in? Nothing. Do you support the military adopting that EV fleet by 2030? I do, and I think we can get there as well. And I do think that... This is actually good news for the people who are dying needlessly, people who are victims of our foreign policy. The good news is we're not going to be able to do it soon. We're all going to go electric, and that stuff doesn't work. How long to charge the tank? Ah, a month and a half. All right, good. Reducing our reliance on the volatility of globally traded fossil fuels, where we know that global events such as the war in Ukraine can jack up prices for people back home. No, 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 no. The war in Ukraine doesn't have jack to do with jacked up prices, dimwit. The war in America, where the first thing your mafia did was hamstring American energy. The most important sector of any economy. That's why Europe is so poor. That's why Ukraine is corrupt. They've imprisoned their people while the oligarchs steal and control the energy. Oh boy, that sounds a lot like here, doesn't it? Glenn and Oakbrook? Hey, Sean. Uh, enjoyed the uh, program yesterday. Um, oh, I want all these presidential candidates to take a mental competency test, and I want those results reported to every person in the U.S. Don't forget, we're, we, we were pretending Joe Biden had a physical. You think there's a doctor not paid by the government that would pretend this idiot can tie his own shoes? He can't tie his own shoes. Are you looking at him walk? He doesn't swing his arms. He looks like a drunk baby on grass. What the hell is going on? It's ridiculous and preposterous, but it does explain why our economy is collapsing and nobody wants to talk about it. That seems to be a big point with me. Call me silly. $100 billion drop in deposits. Now, this despite the billions it received from the nation's largest banks during last month's banking turmoil. NBC's Brian Chung is here with more to put it in perspective. Okay, this is confusing. $100 billion sounds like a whole lot of money. Just put it in perspective for us. Yeah, well, it was about 40% of their overall deposits. So a lot of clients are taking money out of the bank. And as you mentioned, Hoda, it's despite the fact that 11 of the largest banks put in $30 billion when a lot of the banking issues were cropping up. 
We're talking billions like nothing. There was a time in this country where you didn't even talk about that without discussing the principles. Now it seems like a deal. Oh, only 30 billion. It's a lot less than we're sending to Nazis. In the meantime, let's hear from the real winner, the 2020 election. It was just revealed that the 51 intelligence officials who claimed Hunter Biden's laptop from hell was Russian disinformation were not only lying, they were coordinated by the Biden campaign itself. This was corruption at the highest level. And it was a hoax perpetrated by Biden, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, and partisan intelligence officials to cover up the truth about the Biden crime family's grotesque. Because they weren't making money during his presidency. We were. And now the difference is we're not making money. They are. And they're making it, literally making it up. In the meantime, it couldn't have been made possible if it wasn't for the corruption in the bureaucracies. You see, the problem is these occupations are only occupied by people. And they all seem to be voting for one party. Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan sent a subpoena to FBI official Jennifer Lee Moore, Jennifer Lay Moore, charging that she refused to answer questions about the FBI's Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is her name Jennifer Laymore? Am I the only one that thinks that funny? Laymore? No? All right. Must be an old term. ...against whistleblowers. Uh, Congressman, tell me more I about I meet a girl this. named Jennifer Laymore. I'm introducing myself. Yeah, you know, Trump knows who he can trust and who he can't trust, so I have full confidence that he's going to appoint people to completely do away with the corruptness that we have, not just in the DOJ and the FBI, but in every level of the federal government. And we're going to bring that individual in. And who tells us who won the elections? Oh, yeah. The same people. 312-642-5600. You go to the top of the list if your last name is Laymore. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All right, we are live in Union, Illinois. Is there like a Portillo's here? Is it possible to get a beef sandwich? Not kidding. We are at 8512 South Union Road in Union, Illinois. We are at Donley Auction Headquarters. I'll tell you, I love the place. You sure I can't smoke, though? No? All right. No one's excited about me smoking. In the meantime, let's go to the lines. Frank at Crystal Lake. That's not far, is it, Frank? Hi, how are you? Good, Frank. Is Crystal Lake far from hey, Donnelly? Listen, no, hey, listen. He's talking yeah, about Portellos. Portellos. No, Portellos is not the what it was. They got bought off by uh, a big corporation. A, I was there like Frank, two weeks ago. Frank, that guy eight, started eight, with eight, a stand. He sold it for a billion dollars, baby. I know. I know, but it's not the you, same. Listen, all I got to say, I love your show. I got a T-shirt from you. Oh, nice. You know, the American is John Kennedy, the senator from uh, Louisiana, says yeah. the American people aren't stupid. Yes, they are. They're dumber <laughs> than a box of rocks, okay? Yeah. yeah. They well, do not I, know what's going on in their country. I think it, you got to spe- uh, be specific, and that is the Democrats. Unless, of course, and they're in on the yeah, mafia. Because yeah, yeah, well, if you're in on this like mafia, you, if you're selling windmills, you're having the time of your no, life, kid. Yeah, if you're yeah, in like on I this nonsense, you, uh, solar panels. I told you, young lady, yeah. I told you, young lady, that the whole country's corrupt. The only ones that go to jails are the Republicans. Democrats well, don't go to jail. They had a rapist There was a president. He never went to jail. Which one are you talking so, about, Kennedy or Carter? Or, I, I mean, uh, Clinton. Kennedy or Clinton, which one are you talking about? Both. Give me a break. Yeah, all right. 
And I ain't I, stupid. I'm 74 years old. Hey, hey Frank, do you know what the name of Portillo's boat is? Do you know what the name of Portillo's boat is? No, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. A, but I, the I whole point him? is, I, I, I take my hand off Portillo, and a lot of people don't know he's Mexican. Oh, he's the greatest guy in the world. And his wife is a wonderful person. They're truly good people. And uh, the name of the boat has something to do with a hot dog. Thank you very much, Frank. Bill on the south side. Yeah, Sean, I was going to say, you could give Groucho Marx a run for his money with those one-liners of yours. Fantastic. Boy, you I you say, must be old. The, there's, not a, there's only a handful of people who even know who he was, Groucho Marx. Oh, well, then I think they his, ought to see I some his, Yeah, I think his brother Harpo works in the Biden administration. Oh, go ahead. Well, you know what? Harpo had a very pleasant voice. I knew a guy that uh, actually talked to him. Really? And uh, he was really, really, yeah, well, my, a friend of mine who used to work with him was in the Air Force back in the early 50s, and he was doing the USO shows out of California, and he helped him out with his coat. And he said, oh. uh, Harpo said, thank you. He's got a real nice, pleasant voice. So it's one of the rare ones that heard him. <laughs> I would have preferred the horn. All right. Thank yeah, you very much. Sure. Thank Bye-bye. you very much, brother. I love a good Groucho Marx reference. Mike in Union. Hey, my last name is Lamer. I don't know how you knew that, so you moved me to the front of the line. I just left you there, so uh, thanks for oh. coming to this great town of Union. And uh, we're going to back with the white hat with the M on it. Uh, glad to see you're having fun, brother. Keep up the fight, all right? Oh, I am. I love it. I love it. I really do. Thank you very much, Mike. Right, but it's hard thanks. to come out to Union and see all the wonderful people who didn't participate in the corruption, who don't profit from the corruption, but all pay for it. I think that's the part that's most nauseating. Steve, in... Oswego. Hey, Sean, uh, I think the Republicans are going to lose this battle on the uh, debt ceiling because I have oh. not heard one guy say anything about inflation being caused by increasing the debt. Of course it is. Have but you Steve, heard anybody? The, have you I've heard, heard nobody talk about that? When's the last time you heard a Republican talk about paying more than the minimum payment like a bust-out does on a credit card? Is anybody talking about paying it off, paying, contributing something towards it, not expanding it? They're figuring out now what the time frame is when we'll put up the least amount of resistance to the, the bankruptcy of our nation, the intentional bankruptcy. It's a duopoly of corruption. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty without me. I said, this looks like I am really looking forward to my so next guest. He, too, has argued me, hundreds of trials and appeals. So In 2019, he successfully petitioned the Supreme Court to submit an amicus brief, practice the faithless electors in the Electoral College. He's written a book, The Electoral College, a biography of America's peculiar creation through the eyes of the people who shaped it. It's out now. His name is Tom Weaver. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. You know, Tom, it's an interesting perspective that I have and my fellow Chicagoans have. 
And that is a perspective of the bastardization of elections. Uh, you know what happened here in Chicago in 1960, and you could argue it was better for the country or worse for the country, but one thing's for certain, it definitely affected the outcome of the election. As I got older and started to learn about the Electoral College, I was very thankful it existed. Uh, when you look at some of the, the, the strong hubs of political mafias now, I'm still very happy it exists. I'm curious to know, how does it exist? What were they thinking, and is it doing the job intended? Well, I, I will tell you that it has never worked the way it was intended, even, even okay. in the very first election. Um, if you, um, one of our um, uh, earliest accounts of how it was supposed to work uh, is contained in the Federalist Papers. Alexander Hamilton wrote Federalist Number 68, where he talks about how the Constitutional Convention envisioned it. They envisioned it uh, almost like a uh, mini congress as it were with the electors kind of getting yeah. together and discussing who the candidates were and debating it and then taking their votes even at the first election it didn't happen that way and um uh, so it was you know you're you had kind of a loaded question there and you know is it working the way it was intended no it's not in working the way it's intended um which may or may not be a good thing um i will you know the title of my book, I, I use the subtitle, I use the word biography. I could just as easily have talked about the evolution would have been an equally good word. Mm -hmm. The Electoral College has changed tremendously over the past 250 years, in part because of constitutional amendments, statutes, just how it's practiced, how elections are done. And my book is intended to kind of chronicle that evolution from the beginning to the present. I'm, I'm wondering... Um was it intended to prevent kind of the duopoly that we're experiencing now? Was it intended to prevent the kind of party control over the republic that we're all experiencing, regardless of what side you're on? It is clearly something that the republic has kind of neutered its principles. And I'm wondering, was that the, the purpose of it? Was, that, was it trying to stop what we're unfortunately going through? Well, you know, you know the, the relationship between the Electoral College and what I'm going to call the two-party system, uh, mm -hmm. we have third parties, we've always had third parties, we probably always will, but we're essentially a two-party system. And I make an argument, particularly after the passage of the 12th Amendment in 1804, that the Electoral College and the two-party system are uh, very much... Uh, uh, married to each other, for lack of a better term, um, they they uh, they foster each other, um, and that I, I don't know that necessarily the delegates at the Constitutional Convention ex uh, thought that aspect of it through, but if you look at the early history, and I and I and I uh, document this pretty well in the uh, early chapters of my book, if you look at the early history, uh, political parties rose up. Uh, from the very beginning, you know, they started out as the Federalists versus Anti-Federalists, which is mm -hmm. pre-George Washington. Uh, the Federalists were uh, advocating for the ratification of the Constitution. The Anti-Federalists were saying they should not ratify the uh, uh, 
uh, the Constitution. And then as soon as the Constitution gets ratified, the Federalists, they maintain the name uh, Federalists, and the Anti-Federalists merge into what becomes the uh, Democratic-Republican Party. Uh, and they're led by Alexander Hamilton on the one hand and by Thomas Jefferson on the other. And that happens uh, even before the first election. Um, it, it's really interesting in states like uh, Pennsylvania and Maryland, you can actually see the beginnings of the two-party system even before the first election of Washington. Wow. It didn't take long. And uh, I'm curious to know, when you, when you reflect on the way that it was intended for the loser of the presidential election to become the vice president, and you, you realize that senators were never to be elected, they were supposed to be appointed, and the intention of that grind of how difficult it was supposed to be to kind of backdoor nationalize existence, do you think we would have been much better off if they would have stuck to those intentions? Well... <laughs> I, I don't know if we would have been better off or not. You know, the, um, you know, it's interesting at the very first election, there were 11 states. There were, there were um, at the first election, North Carolina and Rhode Island had not yet ratified the Constitution, so they did not participate in the first election. And what's interesting in New York, um, the, uh, basically their House of Representatives and their Senate at the state level couldn't agree on how to pick electors uh, the uh, the Senate was controlled by the Federalists, and the House of Representatives was controlled by the Anti-Federalists, and they refused to work together, and they didn't make their deadline. And as a result, New York didn't didn't participate in the election either, even though they were part of the union. Um, and uh, so the, this this uh, party squabbling has been with us from the very beginning, and we've never really looked back. Yeah. But somehow they all come together to bury us in spending and debt and wars. And that, 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 that to me is something that I think could only happen if people lose the principles of a republic. And do you think, you know, I mean, you're obviously a lawyer. You love the law. You love the concept of law as the shield. Do you think people want a, a, a mobocracy that's often referred to as a democracy? Do you think they understand the point of a republic and the the right of the individual and the purpose of law in this country anymore? Well, I guess I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with your premise. Um, I think that we've always uh, involved in these uh, squabbles. Um, oh, I don't mind the squabbles. Well, I, I, the, you know, in, in, in the election of 1800, where uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr uh, tied in the Electoral College, it took 36 votes of of uh, Congress to break the tie, and there was actually uh, there was actually discussion of possibly going to war over that election. That's in 1800. It, yeah. We waited till 1860 before we actually had a civil war. Uh, but again, the, the the thing that prompted our civil war and the death of about 600,000 of our young men, uh, mostly men, um, yeah. was. Uh, the, the Electoral College, where 11 states didn't even have the winner on their ballot. You could not vote for Abraham Lincoln in 11 states in the election of 1860, even if you wanted to. Hmm. So I'm curious to know what you come out with after you do your research and you, you, you write the book, and you realize, okay, maybe it's never really been since the very beginning. It's been kind of corrupted from its intention. What do you feel is the cure? 
<laughs> the cure? Well, the, the, the question of uh, the cure assumes that there's something that needs to be fixed. And, and I guess if, I, if I've done my job, which I hope I have, people who think that we should get rid of the Electoral College are going to have plenty of ammunition in my book. And people who think we should retain it are going to have plenty of ammunition. <laughs> there are really good arguments to be made on both sides. And the reality is that I think it's here, I think it's here to stay. Uh, in, the only way to get rid of it would be a constitutional amendment. And the small states are not going to sign off on it. The Wyomings yeah. and the Dakotas are never going to sign off on it. And it's never going to get through the Senate. The closest it ever came to being amended was the, uh, in the aftermath of the election of 1968. Um, it, came, it passed the House of Representatives, but it was filibustered in the Senate to the point that they couldn't get it passed through, and it, and it died with that Congress. And that's the closest we ever came, and I think it's as close as we're going to get. I remember um, reading the Federalist Papers, not because my school told me to read it at the time. I, had, I had, you know, graduated uh, high school in the mid-'80s, and even in college. But I remember reading it because I was fascinated by lawyers back then. Uh, Antonin Scalia would always refer to it when he was brought up before Congress. And it was through that challenge that I kind of understood, and you, you see the humanity in the Founding Fathers. I'm curious to know, um, you've mentioned the squabbles, and in fact, in some cases, we've actually had presidents that dueled, correct? And you see this, the climate of angst and arguing. What we're experiencing now, this is not really new, it's just that our perspective is new, right? Well, I act, well... The squabbling is not new. The, uh, the violence, you know, you're right. You know, one of the things about my book, you know, it's, it's, about a, uh, it's about the Electoral College, but it's also about human beings. There are three duels in my book. There's a shootout. Yeah. Uh, there's multiple murders in my book, um, all in the name of uh, fairness in elections. Uh, there is documented fraud. Uh, yeah. The, the election of uh, 1876 in particular was uh, uh, fraught with fraud. Um, and um, these, these stories um, help us, I think, understand where we're at today. Um, with yeah, all. that's what I love about history. You know, it kind of gives you that certain perspective. But the hard thing, I think, for people now to wrap their minds around is the bastardization of the principles. And when you look at the kind of control of policy and money, I mean, we don't pay attention to any of the restraints on government. I mean, are you shocked? We, how many wars have we been in that were never really declared by Congress? I mean, do the rules even matter? And when all you have to do is come up with elections and you're in control of trillions, you've incentivized the fraud and disincentivized the honesty to a certain extent. Do you, do you feel that way sometimes? Um, I, I, well, I... I think a case can be made that there's actually less fraud now than there was back then because we have more checks and balances on on the fraud. You know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of the power of the purse today, unlike the original uh, concept, the original concept was that Congress was going to have the power of the purse. I think an argument can be made that it's really the administrative agencies that have the power of the purse. Now. Yes. Yeah, for the last uh, 30 years since you started in '93, I think you could go back <laughs> maybe before. Oh well, it, it it certainly has its uh, has its roots in the New Deal, and it's gotten it's gotten bigger and bigger with with each uh, presidency. And I and I 
and I and I point the finger at both Democrat and Republican administrations for yes, that. Yes, me too. Uh, me too. You know, a little known fact, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency was signed off on by Richard Nixon. So, oh, I know. Uh, I mention it all the time, and it always bothers me that a that a bureaucracy created by a pen, whether you love it or you hate it, no matter what it is, you're talking about it's just so normalized now that bureaucrats that we don't know, nameless bureaucrats, operate regulation and are incentivized to take money from people and they keep half for their budget it just seems to be set on the path to incentivize a runaway fascism and it's a bipartisan issue it's not one party better than the other it's the fact that these bureaucracies were unelected bureaucrats are controlling everything and i I have a problem with that well i i i don't think you're alone but i also don't think that it's new uh, no. it, 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 I mean, it, it, it's changed over time, that, you know, how, how things are done, but everything has changed. You know, technology has changed, and as technology changes and, you know, these things, uh, these things happen. But, you know, there, there, there have been scandals, uh, you know, particularly uh, financial scandals that date back to the earliest days of the Republic. Oh. Yeah, those are my favorite ones, when money meant something. They were only stealing millions. I love it. Tom, I want to thank you for putting out the new book, because I've always believed that what will save us will be lawyers that love the law, the principle, and the intention and the concept of it, not the bastardization of it. So, Tom Weaver, I can't wait to go through the book, the new book, The Electoral College, a biography of America's p- peculiar creation through the eyes of the people who shaped it. It's out now. Tom, thank you for making yourself available. I truly appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Join me, Charlie Kirk, tomorrow afternoon at 1, right after Dennis Prager on AM560, The Answer. I like that kid. I do. I like Charlie Kirk. Green Puff Jim. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, you're really bored out of your mind. Four oh, no, days. Hang on. I got four days. I'm ready to go. I don't know what to I do. Know, I know. I, you're probably licking shop. boxes in, in the well, cupboard. No, the, the, yeah. the hot shop, my, my car broke. Then I can't even get to the hot shop. I got a toaster I can get rid of. I was yeah, just they, wondering, they, they don't have any opposition research on you, do they? Because uh, I guess that's the me. thing. Well, I'm just saying, well, they've got everybody else, Fox News, they've got a dossier oh. and everybody that walks in the door there. they got opposition. All you got to do is, they... do me a favor, go to Mauro's Park and mention my name, and if a woman throws a drink in your face, it's because I never called her on Saturday. I'll, I'll, I'll out myself. Yeah. I got the opposition. Oh, God. Yeah, me either. Me either. Anyway, kid, you take care. Take care. You too. Take care of yourself. He's going to be calling us every day till his check comes in, then he's going to tie one on. Put the feedback on. It'll take a couple of days off. Tony in Riverside. Hey, Sean, I've got a couple of things. First of all, breaking news. Uh, Elon Musk just offered Tucker Carlson to be the CEO of, tw- of Twitter. Wow, that would be good, huh? See, what if Twitter yeah, were to I would, morph? I would love that. Well, it's already the number one news site. What if it were to morph yeah. into a TV station? Hmm. I know. So and you I don't need anything but your cousins- phone. I like this. I want to say hello to my cousin Tom, who's out there at Donnelly Auctions, watching you. Oh, wonderful. I'm, I'm impressed. There's a lot of people there. I don't know who Tom is. He good. might be in the bathroom. Oh, Tom, there he is. Yeah. Hi. There's yeah. Tony's cousin. Yeah. All right, good, good. So, What's going on? 
So I want to let you know and your your listeners to this. I have been trying for 10 months to get Newsmax on my cable, Xfinity Comcast. I've called literally four times because it's already on my channel lineup. So I spent a good almost hour yesterday. I had a finagle getting through the robocall to get a live person. He sat with me, very nice young man, said, when you get home, it'll be on. Blah, blah, blah. I turn on the channel, 1115 is supposed to be Newsmax. And who's on? Andrew Como. Really? Well, that is, oh, that's yeah. not Newsmax. Well, I'll tell exactly. you something, Tony. It's it, it, you should cancel. You know, it's so it's so disgusting. This is another thing people in Illinois get scroogey on, and they don't know it. My Comcast bill in Florida versus my Comcast bill in Elmwood Park is a hundred and five dollars cheaper. I have the exact same package. Is it? it, it it's astonishing how many taxes and the different costs that are taxed. I a hundred dollars a month cheaper. Yeah. You know, I got every channel because, you know, the kids are the Kardashians. I got to watch everything. It's insanity. But <laughs> the, the, the point is, it's amazing how much you save on your cable bill and on your cell phone bill. The difference, the corruption taxes here in Illinois. But, Tony, cancel the damn thing. Get your TV free or, you know, you might not need it. You might just need your Twitter app. Oh, boy, that would yeah, be worth no it. No kidding. It? I love it. That's why when you watch these dimwit Democrats celebrate, they have no idea what's in store. None whatsoever. I got to take a break already? All right, 312 642 I'll be back. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. Brandon Tatum, unafraid to tell it like it is. Tonight at 7, right before Jay Sekulow at 9 on AM 560, The Answer. Now, when you're born in the late 60s, Life was much better. TV had three stations, and then there was WGN. But one name we all knew was Knievel. I had the action figure. In fact, when I first came to Donley Auctions, I saw the pinball machine with the evil Knievel. I now have the granddaughter, the daughter of Robbie, who I believe is my, was my age. She just passed away last January. It was very sad. And this is Kristen Knievel. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Well, listen, I, I honestly, I grew up watching your grandfather, who was beyond cool, beyond cool. Uh, and it was really fascinating. And then your dad was around my age and loved him, absolutely loved him. And I watched his career as he was phenomenal. Uh, as well and uh, it's interesting what a life you've had and a blessing and uh, you know it's always sad when when somebody young goes but what a wonderful guy he appeared to be to me who I was a big fan and I'm wondering when you see your grandfather on the image on the pinball machine it just has to be surreal it is but I'm also so used to it that's the weird thing you know (laughs) like to me I don't know it just kind of become nor- the norm for me, I guess, you know, just seeing the image all over or just hearing the name or um, people asking questions about it or just, just for different things. But yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I mean, it's definitely cool because it's a, a very unique legacy that not a lot of people, you know, can say they have with their dad and their grandfather. And the nice thing is you can show your kids now 
all of the videos mm-hmm. because your grandfather was in movies on videos. I mean, and it made leather jumpsuit look cool. Not many men could pull that off. <laughs> it's true. Not a lot of it. Yeah, I, uh, hey, unless you're, you know, like Mick Jagger, uh, <laughs> you're not you're not <laughs> walking around in leather pants or a leather jumpsuit. I mean, <laughs> so now do you do you oh, have yeah. a son or are you have girls? I have two boys and a girl. Oh, my. So do the kids know they got to live up to the old man's name? I mean, Robbie, your father alone, he was he did jumps that were even bigger uh, uh, than your yeah. dad. I remember watching the one in Vegas where he had the speed bike. I mean, it was different technology, but he was a rock star on that thing, too. Yep, yep. No, they don't. You know what? I don't encourage it. I'll be quite honest. My daughter is the craziest. Because <laughs> you're the, the mom. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because I've lived it. I've sat there on the sidelines and I've watched it and I watched the injuries and I just, I see. So my dad had a 40 year, 40 plus year career in motorcycle yeah. jumping, which is pretty much unheard of. Um, and so, you know, you don't walk away from the or You don't end up, you know, getting into this industry without, you know, being injured or sure. um or die i mean nobody makes it that far so no um it's really it's really not something that i encourage for my kids um and the one with the real well, yeah, of course no. not and I, I i would i would be the exact same way but it gives you a kind of a perspective on the one with real courage and fortitude was your grandmother who dealt with her husband and yeah. her son doing it i mean that yeah. lady was something now there's somebody with some stories and, yes. yep, she's a saint as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> I agree. But I have to tell you, what a wonderful legacy. And I think yeah. your, your, your game, this pinball machine, is going to go first. I'm going to put a bid in on it myself. I just uh, don't know where I'll put it. But in the meantime, <laughs> I want to thank you for uh, really making time for me. And I get to say I talked to Evil Knievel's granddaughter and Robbie Knievel's daughter. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, go take care of the kids. I know you're on a, a short schedule. I appreciate you making time. I am. I am sorry. <laughs> Busy mom of <Nope>. three. <laughs> no, I love it. And I love the fact you don't want to let your kids be daredevils. I think your grandfather is laughing. Thank you very much. All right. All right thank we'll be, you. Thank you. And if you want to take a look at the Evil Knievel pinball machine, it's at Donley Auctions. 50, or, or I'm sorry, 8512 South Union Road in Union, Illinois. It is a wonderful venue, wonderful people. And whoever bought pizza, from what I understand, they left. Thank you very much, not just because of me, but Eric was about to eat the table. So thank you very much. I truly appreciate the gesture. When I get back, I'm going to go to Barb first, then Eric, but it'll be after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. At Donley Auctions, they've got lanterns. You might want to pick up a few of those. Because with these idiots in charge of the electric grid, something tells me we're going back to that. They've got lanterns, they've got antique furniture. I mean, this place is unbelievable. Antique cash registers, and they've got an Evil Knievel pinball machine. My uncle, TJ... Uh, when it came to pinball, you had to pry him away from the thing. But back then, they used to bet on it. You know, it didn't have the thing. Oh, yeah, you know. He who gambles lives in shambles. It's true. All right, Barb in Northwest Indiana. Hi, Sean. Um, Hi, yeah, that woman called in. A, did you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Okay, sorry. 
Okay, that woman called in about the Newsmax. Newsmax is free, so if she has a smart TV, she could download the app and watch on her TV through the app. Look at Barb with the smart TV. I love it. Pretty soon we won't need any of these cable stations, these rats. One other thing. Um, Uh So you mentioned about the cable bill, how much cheaper it was when you moved. Yeah. Um, I I always called. I moved from Illinois to northwest Indiana, and I always talk about those kind of things. It's the pleasantries, the things you weren't expecting, but you 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 got as you move um yes. that is so true i i find the same thing living in northwest from uh chicago there's just less obstacles and less anxiety about certain things so, yes and barb you, you, your your chances of being carjacked by a d student who couldn't read anyway have gone down drastically so it's win-win for you barb winner winner chicken dinner frank melrose park what are you doing frank how you doing splendid Oh, is this my Frank? Yeah. You're Frank. You're old. Let Barbie. me tell you something. You would be. You have to see the cars he's got. Seventy-four Eldorado. He's got a Desoto out there. He's got a Mercedes. You should bring the vet. What a ride! Frank on the phone has a has a yeah, vet that's in here. Go ahead. I got to tell you. Did you know that Evil Knievel came to Melrose Park when you were about 14, 15 years old? For, was it was it for the feast or was it for the taste? Yes, it was for the feast. He came there. I remember. Come on. And a neighbor of yours, three about a block north of your grandfather, yeah. on on twenty third. And yeah. uh, I'm not going to say the last name, but you yeah. know the family. I know. Well, that's, this is Frank. Yeah, I got you. You got to bring the Corvette here. What year is sixty nine? Right. Seventy two. Oh, seventy two. Bought seventy one. Ordered it brand new. Waited eight weeks for it. They blocked. How many engine. miles on that bad boy? Oh, it's a shame I abused that car. It's got all of 41,000 miles on it now. <laughs> 1972. The car's got enough wax on it. You, uh, you couldn't scratch. You slide right off of the son of a gun. Frank, thanks for calling the show. I love you, babe. Thank you very much. Eric Rolling Meadows. Hey, what's up, Sean? I want to, uh, you know, I love your show. Mike from Union is, might be in the crowd still. Happy anniversary. 32 years. Originally from Melrose Park as well. So Mike from Union, happy anniversary. Really? Happy anniversary, Mike. 32 years. All right, very good. It doesn't look a day over 35. He must have got married in diapers. Well, Biden's (laughs) married in diapers, so anything's possible. What else you got? (laughs) No, I just want to say love you, man. Thanks for your show. And listen every night. Keep it up. Keep 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 it going, man. I appreciate this. And by the way, check out, you could check out online the items here at Donley Auction. My wife would have went crazy. If I'd have brought her, it would have cost me a fortune. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, I have two questions. First of all, what do you think of that red DeSoto parked out there in the parking I lot? Lo- Did you see it? I absolutely love it. Were you here? Yeah, I was here. We, we stopped right, in oh. um, not too long ago when they were closed, and we talked to Mr. Donnelly. He's a nice man. And that DeSoto oh, was really nice, and those two Cadillacs are really nice out there. It's fantastic. You know they have clothes. Them. You want me to get you one of those short robes you like to prance around in, like you were at the Playboy Mansion? Yeah, you do that, you know. All right, very good. All right, you, good why don't good. you do that? Yeah, you All do right, that. I'll pick it up right. at the cigar store. Now, Thank here's you the question much. I want yeah. to ask you. You had Evil Knievel's granddaughter on. Yes, you I read did. and heard, is it true that Evil Knievel knew Elvis Presley and they were good friends? Yeah, I remember that in the documentary, that they were very good friends in the documentary. There's a documentary about Evil Knievel. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. I mean, you want to talk about an interesting cat. And, yeah. by the way, 
the, what the, what this man paid in taxes back then when he was making this kind of money, you were paying 60, 70%. You ever see the money that Evil Knievel paid in taxes? Oh, yeah, well, he should he had be carrying to, I mean, his granddaughter around on a pillow. She should have yeah. Sherpas carry her around. Democrats should be carrying her groceries in. He single-handedly funded half of the corruption in government, not to mention Elvis, too. Then he had the colonel. Might have been better yeah, well, off getting robbed colonel. by a colonel than the government, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the colonel, colonel was, was a, a bad man, but um, yeah. no, that's all I wanted to ask you because I read that, and I just thought that was a little interesting. Well, tip, I think they had the know. same barber, both very cool hairdos. David on the 294 South. Hey, I was just at Donnelly Auctions. It was good to uh, see you and have some people, but I promised you a quick Mike Madigan corruption story. So I'm on all the right. southwest side, a locally owned family business, all lamenting about the uh, recent election, and a guy walked in saying, well, you know who I don't like? And they're like, who? Mike Manigan, you know, that scoundrel. And we're like, yeah. why? He says, well, the going rate 20 years ago to become a fireman, I told him, $3,000, you can be a fireman. And he yeah. said he wanted the money up front. And I promised him that I w- my first three checks, I would pay him the money back, but he wouldn't let me do it. The money had to be up front. Really? Well, that explains a lot of the pensions and some of the pot bellies on the fire department. However, it's inadmissible in a court of law. It's called hearsay. And uh, the fact that he's pretending to be on trial now, he's going to walk for that, too. So none of the stories matter. But I appreciate him. Nancy in Joliet. Hi, Sean. Oh, I love, love when you, women love talk to show. me. This is so wonderful. Everything <laughs> I ever wanted from a woman. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was just calling about evil can evil. I have three sons. My oldest is 56. So it must have been that time when evil was in Melrose Park or whatever. And yeah. my parents took him to see him. And I yes. don't know how long they must have stood in line. But he's got a picture of evil that yeah. he signed for him. Got his autograph. So quite a, quite a prize. And he just loves it. So the reason that I knew that is my grandfather had an auto parts store on Lake Street, and we had a lot where once in a while when the feast would come, he would, you'd park cars there. When I was a little kid, you'd charge $5, you know. So I said, Pa, you know, what if evil comes and he wants to park his car? He said, charge him 10 He could afford it. What do you think of that? All right, Nancy, I appreciate the story. <laughs> evil Knievel was making big money back then. You know who's not going to make big money for a while? The rest of us. How much time have I got? A minute and a half. Who wants to be aggravated? What do you want to be aggravated by a, a dummy or a dummy or a dummy that married her sister? What well, difference at this point does it make? It's a very good point. Let's just go with a dummy. Well, I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country. Um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the... You're not going to be in a Marvel movie. You may be in a comedy as the dunce. Because when they celebrate our defeat, realize that no matter how bad things are, we're the ones that make the world go around. Tucker Carlson will be back. Fox News will not. This is the beauty of it. This is like us right now. We walk around and we're all melancholy because we understand the cost of the corruption of the Democrat mafia. But it won't last forever. And when it's over, we come back bigger and better. I will bet you, what is the date today, the 26th? In 10 days, there will be an announcement. And it may change the course of America. What if Twitter became a television station? And you didn't need a cable box or to go through Xfinity or any of these other whores that sold themselves to the pimps. But you could pull it up on your phone. Now you don't need cable anymore. Ta-da! Tucker wins and the mafia loses. We're going to win in the end. Just remember that. And in the meantime, go to Donley Auctions because Randy Donley, 
not only has all the items you could ever want and help you make money, he believes in America the way you do. I'll be back in 21 hours. Where's the pizzas? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.